Grumpy Old Geeks, a weekly talk show hosted by Brian Schulmeister and Jason DeFilippo, discussing the finer points of what went wrong on the internet and who's to blame. Welcome to Grumpy Old Geeks, the podcast where we channel our inner curmudgeon and discuss all things tech and pop culture. I'm Jason DeFilippo. And I'm Brian Schulmeister, and I'm wondering if ChatGPT did a rewrite of our intro. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. They did that last week when Dave was here. <laughs> okay, I didn't li- didn't listen to that one. And I liked it so much, I kept it. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I thought it was pretty good. Very good, very good. We got a little follow-up here from Kristen. I used to listen to your podcast within the Missouri Correction Systems, whereas I became a huge fan. However, my question is, why isn't your particular show available on Pandora, radio's podcast feature? I would assume your crowd base would grow significantly since it's one of the highest music platforms. I dislike having to download other software to listen to you guys, and I really do miss your show greatly. Thank you for all the laughter and updated tech news. Uh, Well, uh, thank you for listening, Kristen. And uh, uh, two things. One, Pandora is quite possibly the least listened to (laughs) app that's out there. So uh, we're definitely not going to grow significantly. But I thought we were on there. So I went ahead and I submitted our show last night, and we are now on Pandora. Um, it, it re-put us on Stitcher as well. Stitcher actually has all of the episodes, but for some reason, Pandora, which is probably why it is not the biggest listener out there, uh, only cherry-picked like 470 a few of our episodes. And so the latest ones aren't out there. So if you'd like to, Kristen, please write to Pandora and say, hey, go get the rest of the episodes because they got our RSS feed. They should be able to get it. So I did my due diligence. It's it, it, you're welcome. That's all I can do. I've done what I can. Yeah. All right. Good for us. Yeah. I can't wait to see our numbers skyrocket. I know. I know. We're going to be pulling people away from Spotify, all 12 of them. And since we have been, since uh, you've been gone, we've been talking about a lot of AI stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. This morning, everybody's talking about the Drake AI it will take right. your, you put in, you put in a suggestion. It will write, it will use chat GPT or uh, GPT three to make some song lyrics and then it will use another system to actually create a song and then it makes a video for you. So we, we do have the grumpy old geeks song, which I will plug in here right now. Grumpy old cheap that can see the sea. The beat in a world they like it. Their technology and screens ain't helping. Just making them feel so alone. Grumpy old cheeks, they just need someone to talk. Someone who can show them the brighter side of life. Shade with them the beat of life and the love that surround us. Need to show them how to smile, how to laugh, or how to enjoy. Okay, uh, that was pretty awful. <laughs> um, what do you think, Brian? Do you think do you think that we're gonna we can uh, take this on the road with us? Uh, no, I think that they have uh, captured Drake's lyrical ability perfectly. It's horrible. It's <laughs> okay. horrible. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. They, it's it's not good. It's not good. Yeah. Somewhere, uh, or like a couple of weeks ago, uh, somewhere on our Discord, I had had Jat GPT write a song about grumpy old geeks. The lyrics are posted in there somewhere. It was much better than this. Sorry, Drake. In the news. Brian, Section 230 is going up to the Supreme Court next month. Okay. I don't know. Their track record lately has not been good. So 
I kind of yeah. I'm kind of worried about how this is going to play out because if they if they do anything significant to Section 230 um, of the Communications Decency Act, the internet could change fundamentally for. I don't know if it's going to be for the better or for the worse because it yeah, could that's take the, down that's basically the thing. Yeah, it could completely destroy social media, but that might be good. But that's not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, I, 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 this is one of those ones that I'm so torn on because uh, you can see I can see it going either way. Really, it all depends on the interpretation and then what's done with it and what laws get passed subsequently. So. It's just so open to interpretation right now. And that that's the real worry because I don't want this particular Supreme Court doing that interpretation. No shit. That's what yeah. so I'm like, uh, either way, it's going to be interesting. It is going yeah. to be interesting because – Something we'll be following, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. As soon as this thing starts to to roll through the courts, I'm sure everybody on the planet is going to be covering it because it's going to affect everybody on the planet. Uh, but I do have a bit of good tech news or interesting tech news, I should say. This mm-hmm. comes in the way of a thing called gravity batteries. Uh, what, they're, what they're proposing is using uh, basically gravity and inertia in old mine shafts to create – to generate electricity. So you basically mm-hmm. drop a big heavy object down a mine shaft. That rope that is you know holding the thing gets to turn a turbine and the gravity from dropping the big heavy thing generates electricity. Mm-hmm. Okay. We've got lots Sounds of mine good. shafts. We've got yep. lots of rocks. So kind of makes sense that you would want to do that. And it seems to be fairly cost effective. And they do believe that there's enough potential energy with the mines and the rocks that we can drop down them to literally power the planet. Which Amazing. I know is a, a very large, you know, uh, statement. But and it would take a very long time to get into place. But it seems like turning that kinetic energy from gravity, since we've already dug the holes, why not? I think why that's, not? that might. I, I, that I might like be good, good news thing. like this. I think this sounds yeah. great. Let's let's keep researching this. Let's do a test. Let's spin up a test, people. Let's get going. Yeah, time's ticking. We do we do have the the counter news that I saw in the news last night out of China, where they have they have figured out how to make liquid metal robots. So. Terminator 2 yeah, is coming great. very soon. That's, that's what we need. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Okay. Uh-huh. Well, speaking on batteries, uh, Tesla, the often maligned company right now because the CEO is a fucking asshat, which we can all agree about, but still a pretty good company um, and one that's supposedly in lots of trouble, but they are spending $3.6 billion to, buy, to build a semi and a battery factory in its Nevada complex, which is mm. great. It's a lot of money being spent and two new factories that will be hiring over 3,000 additional workers. Uh, they will be manufacturing the 4680 type batteries while the other will be Tesla's first factory to mass produce the semi, which a lot of people don't talk about. They've delivered their first production semis to Pepsi in December 2022, five years after it first showed off the uh, electric rig and following several delays, but they're rolling out now. These trucks use less than two kilowatts of energy per mile and can go between 300 and 500 miles on a single charge. That is a lot of gasoline that's going to be saved by long-haul trucks. Yeah. Yeah. So, Any news about the Cybertruck? <laughs> no. Well, the Cybertruck was always a sideshow for the fucking Musk freaks. So this is the real stuff. This is the stuff that's going to save this company's stock price. This is insane. Yeah, definitely. Uh, they're claiming owners will enjoy an estimated fuel savings of up to $200,000 within the first three years. I mean, this, wow. is, this is what this stuff is for. Let's do it. Go Tesla. Okay. Well, that, I, I heard the stock did pop a little bit. 
after that. Yeah, it's popping a bit. So yeah, uh, Spotify is going to cut about six percent of their jobs. Uh, mm-hmm. They got rid of Joe Don Ostroff. No, sadly. Well, he, he's coming up. His his uh, contract is coming up at the end of the year. So mm-hmm. we'll see what they're going to do with uh, with the old Roguemeister. Uh, but Don Ostroff, their chief content and advertising business officer, is leaving, uh, yeah. which is interesting. I think Don is probably the one that made that Joe Rogan deal. So hmm, maybe, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, yep, shares are up there because, you know, nothing, nothing makes the stock pop like uh, making people's lives worse. So... I guess that's, that's what Spotify true. is in the business of, especially if you're a musician. Why just fuck the musicians? Yeah, why not? Of course. Let's fuck everybody. Yeah, let's God. expand our repertoire. Yeah. Vox Media is also laying off 7% of their staff, mm-hmm. which, okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've got The Verge, The Dodo, and New York Magazine is part of their thing. Uh, maybe maybe that 7% is getting kicked out because of uh, good old chat GPT. Who knows? So. Who knows? I mean, we've we've been talking about all these layoffs in the um, in the tech sector for quite some time. Some of it is a, is AI, I'm sure, because you can do more with less people. Uh, some of it is what we've been discussing for a long time: the advertising model has tanked and crashed. And if you're not making the money, you can't keep the people employed. And that's a that's a big part of it. Ad revenues down across the board. While simultaneously, the Justice Department is suing Google to break up its floundering ad business as well right now, which this <laughs> is not surprising. <laughs> Day late and a dollar short. It could have done this a couple of years ago, and maybe the ad uh, ad agent ad market wouldn't be in the toilet like it is now. But uh, we'll see what happens. I mean, they're basically saying that Google has pushed everybody else out of the place, and they're the number one people, and they're using anti-competitive, exclusionary, and unlawful means to eliminate or severely diminish any threat to its dominance over digital advertising technologies. All of which is, of course, true. That's called doing business without regulation. So let's regulate. I'm fine with that. Uh, Okay. Okay. Uh, Also file under no shit Sherlock. TikTok has confirmed that its own employees can decide what goes viral. Wait, are you saying they've got their finger on the button? Yes, they do. Are they tilting Uh, the deck? Yes, and it's called the heating button. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so the U.S. employees do have the ability to boost videos, and they say that it's in order to introduce celebrities and emerging creators to the TikTok community. Mm. Okay, aka cheating, but gaming the I system. Guess. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's their system, yeah. so they're allowed to game it. You know, nobody yeah. said life yeah. is fair ever. Yep. Yeah. So, well, in related uh, news, over at Twitter, Twitter engineers <laughs> can still use God mode to tweet as any account claims a whistleblower. Uh, so, yeah, they, they basically said Twitter engineers still have access to an internal program formerly called God Mode that lets them tweet from any account. It remains on the laptop of any engineer who wants it, requiring only a production computer and a simple code change from false to true. Screenshots of the code, including an October complaint filed with the FTC, show a warning to anyone attempting to use it. Think before you do this. Yes, that is not <laughs> many people. Human history is littered with the with the ability of a saying like that to stop people from doing stupid shit. Uh, They also sparked the discovery that engineers could also delete or restore anyone's tweets, which regular Twitter users or uh, Twitter Blue users can't. uh, Can Twitter Blue users restore their deleted tweets? I actually don't know that. No, no. I'm a Twitter Blue user still, and uh, you cannot. uh, Yes. But I got my check mark. Woo. Yay. I saw that. Good for you. (laughs) Yeah, for a little bit. Uh, They are making an update that I actually like. Twitter is updating its web and mobile apps to default to the timeline tab you last had open. So if you close the app after looking at the chronological following tab, 
like a sensible human being, you'll see it again when you come back instead of the for you tab, which is so annoying. You mean the way it was a fucking week ago before they introduced this stupid shit? So they're just they're, it's, it's, they're reverting to the way it was, which was bad. They are throwing shit at the wall, seeing what sticks and what slinks down, like diarrhea. Yep. <laughs> a lot of that going on over there. Since nobody's there to clean it up anymore, thanks firing the mm-hmm. janitors. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Amazon Web Services is going to spend $35 billion on data centers in Virginia. So okay. that's interesting. That's where I mean that's where their biggest data center is already. So they're just going to be expanding on that, uh, creating at least yeah. a thousand jobs. Not bad. So, yeah, hopefully they're going to spread them around a little bit, so we don't have that incident like last time when uh, I think it was like a lightning strike took down the main AWS thing and everything. The internet went down for several hours. The whole fucking internet because everybody's internet. on AWS. Yes. So. I know Google Cloud and Microsoft Azure are things, but not as big a thing. Come on. We know it. We know it. Yeah. Media Candy. So in between my uh, flights and travel over the holidays and then my subsequent downtime, which I discuss a bit in Security Ha with Dave, uh, I've had an awful lot of time to catch up on media and watch things. Mm -hmm. Uh, so here is a list of everything I've seen recently. Uh, <laughs> okay. First up, Easter Sunday, which is a comedy. Um, Joe Coy, who is a very funny comedian, he has been trying to transition from stand-up comedy to you know kind of the mainstream success. I think he had a couple pilots, and none of those flew, and he got a movie done, and it was uh, fine. Oh damn it. <laughs> it's uh, I, I look it, i think if you're filipino this might be the most funny movie that's ever been made um mm-hmm. but it, it is a bit too formulaic i think that they played it safe way too often uh he's he's a very very funny stand-up comedian and he's kind of like oh, he's out great. there. And I, I wish that this had more out there stuff i wish it didn't feel so like we need to make a mainstream movie and it, it mm. just it's a mainstream comedy and it shouldn't have been if it would have been weird it would have been great that's my that's my thought. That's too bad because I, I I saw you put this in here and I, I hadn't heard of it and I'm like oh let me go check that out and then I'm like eh, it's not free yet <laughs> I have to pay for it so I'll pass but I do like his latest stand up I thought was fantastic I was cracking uh, the he's fuck an up. amazing stand up yeah absolutely yeah. amazing and I wish there was more of that energy in in this but there's not so oh well uh, next Elvis up. Elvis a oh. fantastic movie really good um, really okay yeah. The one thing I will have to say about this is, could you have cast anybody else as Colonel Tom Parker besides Tom Hanks? Because you cannot not not know it's Tom Hanks. It just drags me out of it every time he's on the screen. I'm like, it's Tom Hanks. Uh, Yeah, he's got kind of got that effect now, doesn't he? Yeah, it's just it's you can't not think Tom Hanks, even though they did a really good job with makeup. He did a really good job with the accent and the way he phrased things. It's still, it dragged me out of it. It's Tom fucking Hanks every single time. But beyond that, the movie is absolutely fantastic. I really do recommend it. It's amazing. Really good stuff. Uh, I watched all 7,584 hours of Madoff, The Monster of Wall Street, the Netflix. You mean all four uh, episodes? (laughs) Yes. Only four episodes. (laughs) Uh, But they're all, but okay, Jason, it could have been one. That's all I'm saying. This this could have been a movie, not a miniseries. It was good, but again, it's 
I've just felt like they kept repeating the same things. There's not that much there. There's what he did. Could have been a two-hour movie. End of story. Yeah, I got. I we, I watched the first episode, most of the first episode. I will say that they did a pretty good job with the recreations and the the transitions. Yeah. So yes. They had a big budget on it, a really it big was budget. very Maybe too well much done. of a budget. <laughs> I, I think problem. so. They could have limited it a bit. Yeah, yeah. I just I, it was very well done, but the, it did not need to be what the full runtime ends up being like almost seven hours or something like that. Oh, Didn't God. need to be that long at all. No, no, so. no, no, no. But very well done. Uh, I watched Encanto at the Hollywood Bowl, the the live action performance of many of the songs from Encanto. Extremely well done. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Would have loved to have taken the kid to that. That would have been awesome. Uh, I watched Strange World, which is the new Disney movie. No, pass. Nope. That's a fail. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It wasn't a very intriguing story. Uh, just uh, my kid didn't care after five minutes. I kept watching later just to see because it's Disney and I'll go for it. No good. No bueno. Uh, watched Ra- Ralph Breaks the Internet because I had never watched any of those movies. Um, that was actually hilarious. Really? Okay. Yeah. I mean, cast your mind back 10 years and all the internet jokes slap. Okay. They don't really work anymore, but back then they were damn funny. So, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So pretty good. Pretty good. Lots of internet jokes done through Disney and kind of uh, thoroughly enjoyable. Uh, on your recommendation, I watched Slow Horses season one. Um, that was phenomenal. Not at all what yeah. I was expecting. That's at the all. great part about it. <laughs> yeah. At all. Yeah. I thought this was going to be like kind of like a loser comedy. I did not expect what it actually was, and it was phenomenal. Yep. Wait till you see season two. Just as good, yeah. if not better. Yeah. I'm gonna yeah have two to more seasons. They got they. Yeah, they're um they got picked up for two more seasons. I think season three is in the can, and they're going to start season four soon. So. Yeah, pretty good. Really enjoyed that. Uh, yep. Watched White Lotus season two with the wife. Uh, good, great. I actually think I liked it better than the first season. I did too. I did too. Now, yeah. Can I yeah. can I put in a very big spoiler alert here? If you have not seen any of this, skip ahead now. How do you kill off the only character I cared about? <laughs> well, the there's through a theory line going around. for the first two seasons. She is the Maggie Smith, Downton Abbey of this show. For me, there's a, I don't there's know a if I'm going to watch without her. She's not her. dead, though. So, okay, so they've showed her floating dead and put her in a body bag, but okay. Uh, no, no, no. They didn't say who actually died from the hotel. So there's, they're, 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 they left it open to Marvel universe. She was floating in the water, dead. I know. I'm just saying. I'm just saying what I read after after it came out from the the guy who created it so we'll see okay we'll see. i'm just but. saying that 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 might be that might be the end of the show for me as much as i'm enjoying it uh she is the through line that really kills it for me so that was a little bit too bummer anyways i listened to a semi podcast i don't know this is actually from bbc sounds i think they broadcast it on the radio there they they're they're pretty short uh they're about 14 minute bits it's by an anthropologist named ella al shamami Shamahi. Uh, I found out about her because she, she guested on No Such Thing as a Fish once and was very funny. And then I started following her on Twitter and then she started talking about the show she does. It's called Why Do We Do That? And she investigates the origins of everyday human habits and behavior. Like, uh, why do we do things that are bad for us? Why do we procrastinate? Why do we shake hands? Why can't we all be morning people? Why do we sit down to pee? All that sort of stuff. So it's great. I, I thoroughly recommend these. There's seven or eight of them total. They're about 14 minutes each and good listens. 
Unfortunately, you can't get them on a podcast player. You have to listen through them through the BBC Sound stuff. So that's kind of a pain. Yeah. Bummer. Yeah, but worth it. Bummer. Thoroughly enjoyable. That's funny you mentioned no such thing as a fish. I stopped listening to that like a year ago. It just got kind of repetitive. Oh, I man. I love it still. Love it. It's it's okay. my f- number one listen every week. First thing, as soon as it comes out, that's what I listen to. You don't re- you don't re-listen to our show, Brian? That's why no. our numbers are going down. <laughs> I down- No, I download it. I, I download it. Don't worry. I'm getting us our okay. downloads. I'm just not listening. <laughs> Okay, making sure, making sure, <laughs> just checking. I downloaded on all my devices. Yep, multiple times. Vote once, vote often. <laughs> vote, <laughs> vote early, vote, vote often. Um, still watching The Last of Us. Uh, season two was out, or uh, episode two was out. Um, dig it. It's beautiful. It's well done. Uh, yeah, I, I'm in. I'm totally in. Okay. Uh, have you got a chance to check it out yet? I have not yet. I've seen endless promos for it, though. It's really good. It's really, okay. really good. I'm digging I'll it. I'll check it out. Um, and check out the podcast that goes along with it, too, because they go mm-hmm. hand in hand, and it actually enhances the uh, the enjoyment of the show, I do believe. Um, now, we did we did cover the three-body problem on At the Library when it was new and the subsequent mm-hmm. books. Uh, they did make a Chinese version of it, a very long miniseries version of the three-body problem, mm-hmm. which you can now watch on YouTube – uh, subbed in English, or if you okay. you know speak Mandarin, you can actually just watch it. it you know, <laughs> if you if that's the way you roll, go ahead and just right. watch it. They're rolling them out uh, one every week, um, or you can subscribe and get them all early. I I tried, I tr- I really tried for like eight minutes. I put eight minutes into this thing. No, I cannot. <laughs> I cannot. I it just, is incomprehensible. <laughs> so I, the book was almost. The book was almost impossible. I can't even imagine. I can't imagine a live action version of this. Well, you don't have to imagine it. You can go check it out on YouTube. Nah, I'll pass. No, no, no imagination <laughs> required. Right. Uh, hat tip to a friend of the show, Brian Blondell, on this next one. It was an article called Netflix has created a self-fulfilling cancellation loop with its new shows, which he dubbed the Schulmeister effect. Okay. <laughs> Which is basically people are not watching shows because Netflix cancels them so often that they don't want to get burned by watching Damn a show right. and then having the having it rug pulled. Damn right. Uh, I, I want to be which, on the I want to be on urban uh, urban whatever. I want this official. This is the Schulmeister effect. All right. Yep. Everybody over at Urban Dictionary, you know what to do. Yep. Go put it in. Yep. Get on it. Um Yeah. But it's it's one hundred percent true. You know, I even find myself like kind of trepidatious about going into it until I hear that it's like, you know, gotten massive downloads like Wednesday. I wasn't going to watch Wednesday until I heard that. Oh my God, this is so good. Everybody's watching it. I'm like, okay, it'll probably get picked up so I can go watch it, you know? But, uh, yeah, for the most part, it's, it's scary to get invested in a show that's going to get pulled. So it happened to me way too many times. That's why I quit. Like unless it gets to three seasons, fuck it. But I knew Wednesday was going to be fine because, yeah, it got the download numbers. So, yeah, I'm not surprised by this at all. You know, you got to invest in these shows or you can't just keep pulling the rug out from underneath us all the time. It's horrible. Yep. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. It's Netflix. They've got the money. I mean, who do they think they are? HBO Max? Jeez. Exactly. (laughs) So you gave me the Schulmeister effect. I I found an article that I call the DeFilippo effect. And this was a short article, a, a kind of an opinion piece over on Slate. My husband was right about DVDs all along. Uh, she wanted to go on a purge. They were about to move, and her goal was to call as much as possible. She didn't want to pack something, move it 200 miles, unpack it, and never touch it again. She went through books, clothes, kitchen gear, and tchotchkes. 
and her husband would not let her get near the hundreds of DVDs and Blu-rays, which is something that I did. I got rid of a lot of those. Um, we almost never use them, she says, according to thanks to Netflix and Hulu and HBO Max and Amazon Prime and Peacock and Showtime and AMC Plus and <laughs> Apple TV Plus and PBS Passport, all of which they subscribe to, which is kind of ridiculous. But then she says, yep. <laughs> one or two are, are probably free through other services, although maybe actually my free year of AMC Plus expired and I'm paying for it now. I don't really remember anymore because it's also fucking confusing. And oh, Jesus Christ. Say, I, I, hang on, hang on. That reminds me. I, I, I'm still subscribed to AMC Plus because I went and started to watch the Lestat series and I never canceled it. Oh, I'm adding that to my things to do list right now. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah. So, but here's where the DeFilippo effect comes in because I know you hold on to your DVDs and you will never get rid of them. What if streaming goes away? He would say, as I pleaded to donate some, but not all of them. It's never going to go away, I'd say. Maybe they won't have as many options, but we can always rent a movie digitally if you really want to watch it. He refused. And every time HBO Max yanks another movie or TV show I love from the platform, a thought nags at me. Chris was right. So the was Jason. Effect. That's right. Ah. And you are right about have... that. As we see these rights change and things disappear left, right, and center, we've, we've, we've been trained to now not own things, but then we don't know where they are or if we can even get them and some things are just disappearing now. Services like Netflix that made original series are ditching their original series and there's nowhere to get them. They never even put out DVDs. Things are just literally being taken away now. I do a show with Deshaun Wesley. He was the host of the show Legendary on HBO Max. HBO Max has pulled the show off the air. No notice, no warning, no fucking reason to take it down. They canceled it, mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean they still can't keep it up there. No, they just take it down. You can't get it anywhere now which is yep. really annoying for me because I'm in the middle of doing a show with this guy and we want to send people to go watch the show and it's not there. It is infuriating. Yep. <sighs> and I still don't yep. give a shit about Avatar 2. Uh, who does? Oh, well, tons of people. <laughs> I was say most of the planet, apparently. Everyone needs a world-class VPN. Grumpy Old Geeks recommends private internet access to protect your online privacy and identity. Private internet access never keeps any records of their users' online activities, so you can be assured that you have complete privacy and nobody knows what you're doing online. No matter your technical skills, private internet access is one of the easiest VPN apps out there. All it takes to connect is just one click or tap and your data will be encrypted instantly. With just one private internet access VPN subscription, you can connect up to 10 devices at the same time. Go to GOG.show slash VPN and sign up today. For a limited time only, you can get our favorite VPN for just $2.69 a month when you sign up for two years. GOG.show slash VPN. That's GOG.show slash VPN. Warmer, sunnier days are calling and it's time to fuel up with Factors No Prep No Mess Meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer, thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor Fresh's never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. Make today the day that you kickstart a new healthy routine. What are you waiting for? Step into a world of endless culinary delight with over 35 enticing meal options and over 60 tantalizing add-ons refreshed weekly. 
This May, supercharge your wellness journey with dietitian approved dishes built on ingredients you can count on. Treat your taste buds every day from sunrise to sunset with effortless nutritious choices, spanning from energizing breakfasts to delectable desserts. Indulge in the luxury of restaurant-caliber meals right at home. Savor the sophistication of filet mignon, the freshness of shrimp, and the bold flavors of blackened salmon. Simplify your life with Factor Meals, ready in just two minutes. Say goodbye to grocery runs, tedious prep, and cleanup. I love these things. I can't even tell you what I had this week because I had so many of them. But that's the great thing about Factor. Every week you have new options, and they're delicious. And you can tailor your eating experience with six specialized menu options. Whether you're looking to cut calories, boost protein, go meat-free, or maintain a well-rounded diet, they make it easy to support your lifestyle goals. Tune in to taste, convenience, and wellness with every bite. Head to factormeals.com grumpy50 and use code grumpy50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code grumpy50 at factormeals.com grumpy50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Ups and doodads. I went on a bit of a spending spree thanks to both a, a good friend uh, who works at Apple, their discount, and being in the States where prices are cheaper. Uh, so I upgraded a couple things that needed some upgrading. I got an Apple M2 MacBook Air Midnight. This is the best computer I've ever owned. Two questions about it. Uh, mm -hmm. What were the specs and how are the fingerprint problems? Well, I didn't go crazy with the specs because basically I'm a podcaster and a manager. I don't actually do much anymore. So it's just the 8 gigabyte memory. Uh, and I got the 250 gigabyte hard drive. That was a mistake. I should have yes, gotten the was. bigger hard drive. So. The memory has not been a problem at all, but the but the drive definitely. Like I've had to pay attention. I've had to pull things off that I would have left on the internal drive and move them to external drives and all that. Kind of a pain in the butt. Oh, box. that's that's not the reason that, that that it's bad to get the lowest one. The lowest one, when you get the lowest uh, hard drive, it's half mm -hmm. the speed as if you'd have gotten the five twelve because it's yeah. only on one chip. So it is literally right. half the speed of of mm -hmm. what a normal what it should be. So it's still the fastest computer I've ever had, Jason. Oh, I'm sure it is. Yes, yes, of course. I mean, <laughs> yeah. they're phenomenal machines. But yeah, yeah, if you'd have spent like a little bit more, you could have had the super duper fastest machine. But 256 oh, well. is way too small for anything. Yeah. My that, phone that's has my a terabyte in it. <laughs> you yeah. know? That's my one regret on the specs. But otherwise, this thing's awesome. The fingerprint problem, 
Uh, are you referring to like on the actual like keyboard and all that? Or are you referring no on to the midnight, on the on midnight. the outside the outside yeah, it's itself? Horrible. Yeah, I wouldn't okay. have gotten midnight. Now now I know I'm not going to get midnight again. It's it's se- okay. it's pretty sexy, but the fingerprints are bad. Like it's noticeable. Yeah, yeah. bit of a bummer. Uh, I upgraded, and well, I didn't upgrade. I, I basically finally gave up the ghost and gave my son my old iPad, and I got the Apple iPad Air. Also mm-hmm. phenomenal, great. It's very fast, very good. Love it. It's fantastic. It's a bit heavier than I thought it would be given the air designation, but uh, mm-hmm. not bad. Yeah. And I picked up an Apple TV 4K, the one where they finally fixed the remote. I'm, I'm giving it the friend's title that way. It's a okay. wonderful remote control. <laughs> yeah, they fixed it like three years ago. So welcome to the party, pal. Yeah. Well, there you go. I haven't. <laughs> the things are sturdy. They're, they're incredibly well built. There's no reason to upgrade them generally. In fact, the only reason I got a new one is we're actually adding a third TV to our house up in our loft. So I was like, well, now I need three Apple TVs. Yep. Yeah. No, the 4Ks are fantastic. And the new remote definitely makes it worth it. It's worth it just for the remote. Yeah, the remote's phenomenal. Like, it's so easy to use. You don't fuck up all the time like you did with those bullshit old ones. Yeah. The one that I always had, I had tape on. I put gaffer's tape on it just so I knew which way was up. Yeah, I, I put stickers on mine. Yeah. Yeah, so stupid, so stupid. Speaking of stupid, uh, I signed up on Mastodon over at Hackaderm uh, since mm-hmm. Dave Bittner said that that's where he signed up. Because for some reason, uh, the Medium instance has not allowed me in yet, even though I'm a paid Medium member and I couldn't get kicked to the front of the line. So I just went to Hackaderm. I'm just jpdef at hackaderm.io. Uh, there'll be a link in the show notes. Follow me if you want to. I haven't really posted anything yet because I'm still trying to get the the hang of it and also yeah i don't really care about social media that much uh right. <laughs> but i'm there whatever yeah. um microsoft is throwing another bucket of money over at open ai about 10 mm-hmm. billion is the word yeah. on the street they've already put in a billion um and there's a lot of talk about it being quote unquote open you know because it is basically going to end up being just a big commercial entity because all the people that put their money in are going to get that back out first blah 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 um, yeah. Some kerfuffle about that, but here's the deal. Fine with me. Give them the money. Most of that's going to be in Azure credits, is what I hear, because they need they need the horsepower. They need, they need it. Thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, it's good. Make it better. I'm fine with that. I am fine with that. Uh, yeah. I mentioned this again in uh, security, but I'll, I'll cover it real quick here. Uh, Chat GPT may be getting a forty two dollar professional plan because that is the answer to the life life of the universe and everything. And uh, I'll I'll spend forty two dollars on that. No problem. Uh, it is not available for me yet. I am hoping for it. Uh, if you do uh, log into ChatGPT, it uh, it may show up in the bottom left side. Uh, in the link in the show notes, there's uh, some graphics that show you where it may be if you have it yet. Uh, fingers mm-hmm. crossed. I want it. I'll pay you right now. Let me in, please. Pretty please with sugar on chop. <laughs> on chop. On top. And Google has pressed the code red button. Sundar Pichai oh. does not know what to do. He's running around like a chicken with his head cut off. And he sent out the bat signal, and Larry and Sergey are back in the building. So oh, that's always a good sign. Oh yeah, when you have to when you have to call mom and dad to come back and fix your problems. Yeah, Google has a ton of AI projects in the pipeline, and it'll be interesting because uh, Google and Meta have been throwing shade at OpenAI, saying, "Yeah, what they're doing is it's cute. It's cute. It's not as good it's, as it's ours. no metaverse. It's no metaverse. It's no metaverse." <laughs> No, chat GPT doesn't have pants either, motherfucker. So we'll see how this is going to go. But uh, Google well, is look, at least I mean, been, oh. it, it worked for Apple. 
they brought Steve Jobs back, multi-gazillion, biggest, com- biggest, biggest company in the world now. So we'll see. Sometimes it works to bring the old guard back. Larry and Sergey are no Steve Jobs. Let's just That's put true. that out there. Come on. Yeah. These guys have been gone for long enough where they just don't care anymore. They're like, really? We got to go back? <sighs> okay, get the bat plane. Let's go, go, go from our secret lairs in New Zealand back to Silicon Valley for a little bit. Um, but it'll be, it'll be interesting. They're, like I said, Google's at least taking a measured approach with the rollout. Yeah. Uh, but maybe some of these lawsuits about them owning the entirety of the ad business might, you know, push them over the edge to actually try something new because that might be losing money in the future. We'll see. That's what would be a good yeah. idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if you've noticed, Brian, but since you've left, uh, basically it is the uh, shootout at the OK Corral here every day in, in I, the I've heard United gotten, States. It's gotten a little nuts. Yeah. A little bit nuts. And uh, I've talked about uh, Berna in the past. They, they sell non-lethal, uh, basically paintball guns, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they have – I put this in here because why not? This is the world we live in now. The Berna Ballista Pack 3A, black, handgun rated, no molly, $499 ballistic backpack, which okay. has a quick release uh, Kevlar vest in it. So if the shooting starts, you reach behind your back, you pull it up, and you pull over your, your – a uh, bulletproof vest in okay. one one go. Um, that's the world we live in now. The fact that I even thought about it for a second, like no, no, stop, stop, stop. The old me would have ordered this in a heartbeat. Yes. Nowadays, I don't. I just don't care. I'm just like, okay, get it over. Just shoot me. Fuck mm-hmm. it. Uh, but man, this is this is the kind of thing your kids are going to be wearing to school. So we'll see. Not mine. That's why I moved. Yep. But uh, if you were still here, you could be driving them to school in the Resvani Vengeance. This is a this when is a Hummer is that, just not enough. I know when a Hummer is just not enough. This is a tactical urban vehicle. You can get it with bulletproof, uh, basically bulletproof everything, electrified doors, the whole nine yards. This is the South Africa package, basically. This looks like the kind of drawings that a eight year old kid would make of his dream car. It kind of well, it's that it's kind of like RoboCop. Yeah, because the blue it's very RoboCopian. Um, I bet they have fingerprint issues with that blue. I'm just saying. Yeah, the military package, bulletproof glass and body armor, underside explosive protection, smoke screens. Woohoo! Military. Run Don't forget flat, the EMP pulse protection. It's got EMP. Yeah, electromagnetic pulse protection, ram bumpers, bulletproof electrified door handles, sirens, strobe lights. Woo for a party if you want to party in your in your death van. Um, Jesus and it's Christ. got a smoke screen. I love it. I love it. Um, this thing starts at $285,000 and goes up from there. I'm sure I'm going to see these at fucking Whole Foods next week. I'm sure. I, I guarantee you one of these is going to roll out to Burning Man this year. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. But yeah. they are real. It is not just a, it is not just yeah. a drawing. They, they do exist. But Yeah. Uh, you know, if I was going to go with something like this, I would get the urban assault vehicle from Stripes because yep. that is, it. you know, they took a GMC, you know, motor coach, which was the best uh, motor coach ever made because uh, it was front wheel drive. Or, yeah, I think that was front wheel drive. Uh, my friend uh, had one of those and he tricked it out. I would get that, bulletproof that, because that way you could at least have supplies in it. This, you still have to make a run to the store. And uh, as far right. as I can tell, it does not have a slot to... Uh, get your your drive through McDonald's and chicken wings, you know, from B-dubs. Uh, but it's, you're going to be driving that and you're going to be wearing your ballista pack and uh, yeah, asking chat GPT, what's the safest route to work? 
Mm-hmm. Good times. At the library. I actually even managed, managed to finish a book during my downtime, although concentrating on actually reading as opposed to just watching something is a, was a bit of a different thing. But uh, I read a book that came up as a recommendation, The World Walker, The World Walker series, book one by Ian W. Sainsbury. Um, light sci-fi, kind of vaguely magical, uh, well-written, liked it. I'm, I'm up for, I'm up for more. It was good. It was a quick, easy read and I needed one of those. So it was perfect. Okay. Two things about your, when you, when you first put this in here, I do have, you know, a problem reading. I'm slightly dyslexic. And I read that as the world wanker the first time. <laughs> so I'm like, okay. Brian's no, that was one of the blue. things I watched on TV, Jason. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, and when I saw Ian W. Sainsbury, I'm like, I recognize that name. And for a minute, I thought it was Ian Tregellis who did the Milkweed series. Yes. Which mm-hmm. it obviously is, it is not. So I went and no. saw, I'm like, hey, what's Ian Tregellis up to nowadays? And mm-hmm. he wrote a three book series called the Alchemy, or it's basically called the Alchemy Wars. Did you read that? I couldn't remember. I if you reviewed, read it or not. Uh, I reviewed two of those books on this very podcast many, many years ago. Okay. Did not like them. And I never finished the series because I just couldn't get into it. Okay. Okay. Because I started listening to book one and I kind of dig it. I kind of dug yeah, it. Well. Um, so I might, I might uh, stick it out. I'll give it a shot. I'll see how, I'll see how the rest of book one kind of plays along but um right. hmm. yeah because milkweed was okay it was good but it was it wasn't you know fantastic i couldn't really tell you a lot about it except that it was like an alternate history kind of demon type of thing that's about With all nazis. i remember yeah, yeah, they, were, yeah they were nazis yeah okay yeah okay well maybe i'll just return this one and move on to something else <laughs> Um, I got This Naked Mind, Control Alcohol, Find Freedom, Discover Happiness, and Change Your Life by Annie Grace. Mm-hmm. If you are an actual alcoholic, you are going to hate this book. It is a lot of bullshit and stats that will not do anything for you. So uh, if you believe you, you are an actual alcoholic, do not buy this book. If you are a casual drinker who just wants to slow down, sure, it's fine. It's fine. Or buy weed. Yeah. Or buy weed. There <laughs> you go. You can just go buy weed. Um, and then I read Recovery, Freedom for our Freedom from Our Addictions by Russell Brand. Now I don't know how you feel about Russell Brand. I think I, I think a, I just found out how you feel about Russell Brand. I have I have complicated feelings about Russell Brand. I do too. I do too. Yeah. Um a lot of him I really like. And then there's me too, a lot that just But makes a lot me of them I really hate. I know. That's the that's the problem. This book I really loved. I really, okay. really loved this book. Um, okay. cause he went through the 12 step program and he's an atheist and he kind of rejiggers it to work for him, which is something I've been struggling with myself. So I really, really found this book helpful and I I'm re-listening to it again, uh, because it's actually really useful. So the naked mind, not so useful recovery, freedom <laughs> from our addictions, quite useful. So, okay. cool. um, Yes. If you're in that camp, uh, such as I am, uh, you definitely should uh, pick it up. And I do have another AI thing here. It's called Rido. Mm -hmm. R-E-A-D-O-W. It is an AI to help you find new books. Yeah. It doesn't. I tried it. It doesn't. What it is, is is an AI (laughs) that could have repopulated my Goodreads because all it did was find every single book I've ever read. Pretty much. Pretty much. Did not kick up a single, single thing that I hadn't heard of or hadn't read. 
Yep. The first the first order of business I was going to put in the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, which it doesn't have. You cannot just put in the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. They have the ultimate Hitchhiker's Guide yes. to the Galaxy. So mm-hmm. it's really stupid when it comes to searching. Um, and uh, yeah, it just gave me back a bunch of Terry Pratchett and all the other stuff that I've already – it's basically everything I've already read. <laughs> Nothing yeah, – It's Yeah. It's pretty simple yeah. connections based on sales statistics probably pulled from Amazon or something. So yeah, nothing yeah, nothing surprising. The, no, the the one thing about it, it does have a seizure-inducing background when you actually start to search. That's oh true. God. Yeah. Good God. Yeah. Do not, if you have any problems with uh, with flashing lights or just annoying annoying visuals, we'll definitely skip that one. You might end up in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Security. Ha! We are joined, as usual, by Dave Bittner. Dave is the host of several podcasts, including the CyberWire podcast, Hacking Humans with Joe Kerrigan, Caveat with Ben Yellen, and Control Loop. He covers topics such as social engineering, law and policy, surveillance, privacy, industrial control systems, and operational technology. Woo! Welcome back, Dave. Thanks. Was was that written by ChatGPT or is that, <laughs> is that a Jason original? As I mentioned last week, because it was too long, I said, summarize this. And that is the summary. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> pretty soon it's wait. just going to be Dave's here. If I keep rolling. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, pretty soon it's going to be Very Dave's good. not here. ChatGPT did it all. <laughs> well, more important than me being here, Brian is back. So welcome back, Brian. We missed Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, thank you for uh, stepping in and, and uh, sorting things out while my butt was being examined repeatedly. Uh, <laughs> yes, I know indeed. I'm going about to be the butt of many jokes. And uh, uh-huh. yes, but, uh-huh. but, but. Uh, uh-huh. I, I will do the quick summary of what has happened to me since I have not talked about it yet. Um, I have or had, we're not sure yet, colon cancer. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it, it's happening younger and younger. Uh, I urge anybody listening to this show that has not done their colonoscopy yet, go do it. Um, there's, it's just, it's happening younger. I think we're finding out what, uh, our entire generation being raised on processed foods is, is, is uh, is having th- those chickens are coming home to roost in our butts as it were. Hmm. Um, luckily it was caught very early. Uh, I had surgery to remove the offending tumor. I am waiting on the reports on that to see if there need be any follow-up at all, um, maybe uh, potentially, you know, just uh, let's take care of this a couple rounds of chemo or, oh, oh shit, we didn't get it all. But uh, the surgeon was very confident that uh, he did uh, what needed to be done. So we shall see. Um, again, very fortunate to have had it caught very early and dealt with it very quickly. And uh, as Jason told me when I first started talking to him about this happening to me, they can fix that shit now. Yes, they can. Uh, that's, that's that's what they're doing. So, so it is not a a death sentence by any means. Uh, you know. So hopefully, I'm going to be around for many more years until Chat GPT takes over for me, and I don't need to be here anymore. Yeah. At all. yeah. Well, I'm sorry you're going through that. I saw I saw your Twitter poll. <laughs> I did. I, I was actually contemplating. I enjoyed the break so much, uh, not having to look at depressing tech news and all of a sudden having all this extra free time to be spent in pain downing Tylenol. That I was like, oh, should I even come back at all or should Dave take over? And it was uh, 89% <laughs> to 11 for me to come back, unfortunately. So here I am. <laughs> oh, phew. But you got 11%, Dave. That's <laughs> strong that, showing. That, yeah, well, that's more than I <laughs> that thought. would have been awkward. That would have been awkward. <laughs> I don't know. I was kind of, I was kind of hoping. Let's, not going to lie. 
Well, you could just pull an Elon and say, fuck it, and not pay attention to it, you know? That, that was my follow-up on that, which got almost more likes than the poll. I was like, I will follow this poll, the poll results, just like Elon does. <laughs> oh, goodness. So let me ask you this, Brian. Um, did you have any indication that anything was amiss, or had you just gone in for a routine colonoscopy and this is what they found? I, I will say I had felt like I had had vaguely IBS symptoms for one or two years. Um, uh -huh. And I'd gone to doctors to talk about it. And the, again, as we've talked about many times on this show, you must be your own advocate. Do not rely on a doctor because doctors are just like, yeah, okay, vague IBS stuff, uh, eat more fiber. Mm -hmm. That was about the extent of that. So uh, I did go and do the colonoscopy probably, well, not earlier than it used to, they used to ask us to do it. You're supposed to start doing that around 50. Uh, I did, right. you know, just a October of last year when I was still, I'm still 49. Um, now they say 45. Uh, and I, I would say you should do that. Definitely. So yeah, um, you know, some, something wasn't right, but I didn't think it was anything too extreme. Uh, I didn't have any of the symptoms like rapid weight loss and all that sort of stuff. You know, all the things that you hear about and there was no pain. There was no nothing. It was just, you know, my 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 bowels and my stomach were kind of not the best. And I just yeah. thought it was some sort of IBS thing. So, hmm. Well, thank goodness you went in. And, and hopefully the folks who are listening, you will know, take that as a yet another reminder uh, yeah. to go in and do it. it it's I, I got mine done at age 52, I guess, last year. And, um, you know, the prep is unpleasant, but the procedure is, is really, I describe it as the best nap you'll ever take. Because... Yeah, the procedure is absolutely nothing. And uh, <laughs> right, right. I didn't even, I didn't find the prep too horrible. Like you, you're basically fasting and you're drinking a really sweet Gatorade and yeah. you, you poop a lot and, you know, you lose a couple pounds and there you go. Yeah. Wasn't too bad. Uh, I'm glad yeah. I don't mind it too much because having had this now, I have, uh, I will be on the like at least every other year, if not every year, colonoscopy schedule for the rest of my life. So interesting. Yeah. See, when I went in and had mine done, which and was clear, um, I don't have to go in for another decade, mm -hmm. and I'm starting to second think that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like like why why not go in in five years? You know, what what's the downside? I don't think there there is a downside. Yeah, exactly. I I, I would. Uh, I would recommend one do so, particularly if you just feel like something's a little bit off. I, I, mm -hmm. I this it's been, definitely been a bit of a wake up call in terms of uh, how I treat my health and and paying attention to my own body and being aware of things that are a little bit off. You know, we're not twenty anymore and can't write it up to just being a hangover or whatever it is, or, or you know, it'll right. sort itself out in the long run because uh, it doesn't anymore. We're old, so being preventative is a very good thing. Yeah, they keep sending me tubes to poop in every year. They're like, here, poop in a tube, and we'll tell you if you need to come in for a colonoscopy. And they they keep saying, nope, you're all good. But I'm wondering yeah, if the, mm -hmm. the – I think I might just go, go get one done now. Just I, I think just you should go safe. get one. I've heard, I've heard different things. Uh, the doctor, the surgeon that I had in particular really uh, – here comes the puns – poo-pooed the poo-poo test and said that <laughs> they're, they're, they're iffy. They're not, they're not terribly spot on, so – Mm -hmm. Yeah, my roommate mm -hmm. did one of those, came back positive, made her go get a colonoscopy, and the colonoscopy was like, they're like, you have the cleanest bowels we've ever seen. We don't know why it came back positive, so I'll just go yeah. get it done. Yeah, I could use it yeah. now. Yeah. I, could, I could definitely use it now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the procedure itself is is a nothing burger. It completely is, so uh, yeah. do not be afraid of it. Um, 
go get it. If you're over 45, just go get it. It's, I had a stroke. I'm not afraid of them sticking something <laughs> up my butt. <laughs> Come yeah. on. And it's funny, you know, it was also one of those, like, uh, my iPhone is listening to me things. Cause as soon as I, I got the kind of diagnosis, you've got a growth, it could be a tumor. We're not sure. We're going to have to start doing all these tests and all that sort of stuff. Um, uh, 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 colon cancer was just everywhere in my feed, in the news, you know, Pele hmm. died from it. Christy Alley died from it. You started to hear about upticks in it. And I just saw it everywhere. You know, obviously that's, that's my brain making the selection, but it was everywhere. Was like, oh my God. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. So, hmm. so go do it now. Moving off my butt, Dave, I have some very important news for you. Yes, uh, please. I went to Los Angeles during the Christmas break and we finally right. took my son to Disneyland and Star Wars land. Oh, okay. my God. <laughs> <laughs> it is so awesome. Uh, uh, go it on. It is so well on, done. Talk, talk dirty to me, Brian. Come on, let's go, man. I want to hear it. Don't it, leave out any details. Tell I me mean, everything, man. <laughs> as you well know, Disney is 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 they're very good at what they do. Their their theme yeah. parks are above and beyond anybody else's theme park. Their attention to detail and everything that they do, uh, no expense was spared in Star Wars Land, which is probably why there are only two rides. The, the, the one downside to Star Wars Land is there, there's not much to it. Um, it's big. You can tell that they're going to expand it. There's, there's basically empty areas everywhere. Uh, mm-hmm. But the design is gorgeous. You, you feel like you're on some planet from Star Wars, and then you've got the people walking around, and they stay in character. Chewbacca came up to Lucas. Kylo Ren came up to Lucas and asked him to join the dark side. And my kid said, yep, which I think surprised <laughs> Kylo Ren a bit. Uh, he was all in. I'm like, great. There goes right. the start saving that therapy money again. Um, yeah. And the, uh, the rides are were pretty phenomenal. Um, the lines to get on them are huge. But just being in the land, walking around, um, you know, they've merchandised the fuck out of it. I mean, you can spend thousands of dollars in five minutes there. Uh, the food's yeah. great. The restaurants are great. The drinks are great. I mean, everything is just run, do not walk. Get there. Well, I'm going there the first week of March. Uh, I'm actually get, we're heading down to Florida mm-hmm. um, uh, to spend a week at Disney World, and the whole family's going. So this will be my first time in Star Wars Land, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. What I'm I'm wondering specifically, having not been there. Um, I am one of those people who, when I go to Disney World or Disneyland, and I make my way under the berm, you know, under the train tracks, over to Main Street, and I look down Main Street and I see the castle, I always get a little misty Mm -hmm. um, just seeing the castle. And what I'm wondering is, did you have any of that when you first saw the Millennium Falcon? Yes. Yes. It's stunning. Like, it's just like... Why did this not happen when I was a kid? <laughs> right. Why was there fall not your, a full... fall to your knees and weep openly? <laughs> yes, it, it, it's it's stunning. It, it just I walk, I turn the corner, and I'm like, oh my god, it's the fucking Millennium Falcon, <laughs> life size, as it were, as if it's a real right. thing that could be life size. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah. let me ask you this: did, did you ride the new Star Tours? I didn't do the new Star Tours because we didn't get back around to that. Um, we're we're going to go back again over the summer and we're going to do like the two day pass and spend a lot more time. 
uh, right. there. My, my kid wanted to be on the Haunted Mansion. We went on it like three times and, ah. you know, it was, we did as much as we could and, and, uh, the lines for Star Tours were pretty spectacular. So we decided we'll punt that one to next time. But, uh, yeah, I got my fix just being in Star Wars land. It was, it was what, amazing. What was it like being there, you know, the place that you grew up with and <laughs> being there with your son? Amazing. It actually really was. Uh, it was seeing it through his eyes was amazing. And, and, uh, you know, just because I knew the park so well, it was, I got to like, you know, show him little things that people probably don't notice or realize. And it was a lot of fun imparting my, my own particular experience to him and like going, I used to work here. You worked there. Yep. I sure did. <laughs> I, you know, I avoided things like, and, and then I made out with a tourist over there. Right. And, <laughs> Yeah, right. so you know, Let's skip skip those kind of, horny. Yeah. yeah, and the, oh, <laughs> let me tell you what I used to get up to on the Haunted Mansion, son. Um, <laughs> right? Uh, no, it, it was a, it was an amazing experience. I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I'm so glad that uh, that we did it. And I'm looking forward to going back with them. So yeah, no, it's great. great. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Well, after that little trip down memory lane, uh, we've got a little bit of follow up from uh, Stuart over on Patreon. This uh, goes back to what you and I were talking about last week, Dave. Pinocchio's nose. It's a liar's mm. paradox. It was actually used mm. in an episode of the original Star Trek, Mud's Women, when Kirk and company are trapped on a planet of androids who want to keep them prisoner, but they turn them off by making increasingly bizarre statements. The liar's paradox breaks the androids. This being the original Star Trek, most of the androids are hot women. Hell yeah! <laughs> Fembots, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I've been trying... I've been trying to break GPT all day, but uh, it keeps coming back with answers for me. So uh, I have not been able to uh, replicate <laughs> replicate it uh, falling mm -hmm. apart, unfortunately. Yeah. And I suppose it's just going to keep getting better. I yep. mean, you know, because it feeds back on itself. So, uh, <laughs> you know, we're, we're not quite at Skynet, but um, ho hold on to the bar. Yeah, I, I didn't get this in the show notes, but I did see that a couple of different news stories about how it uh, it passed like an entrance exam to a college and it passed like a law school entrance exam. Like mm -hmm. not with stellar, like it wasn't the best score ever, but it fucking passed. Right. Yeah, it got a C right. on the yeah. law exam and a B, B plus on the, uh, it was the, I think it was Wharton, the Wharton exam right. for yeah. economics. Right. I mean, better right. than most, right? I know a lot right. of people that didn't pass pass their law exam, so... Yeah, doing doing better than my loser friends, I guess. Yeah, I saw an interesting write up uh, last week from someone who was teaching. I think it was a like a, a cybersecurity class uh, with the Sands Institute, so mm -hmm. fairly high level sort of thing. And they came at it as as asking all the students to have ChatGPT open and active during the class. Mm -hmm. And they said it was really the, – the, that experience and having it available really enhanced the experience for everyone because um, if you were someone in the class who had a question about something or didn't quite understand something, you could ask ChatGPT about it and odds are it would give you a good explanation so you weren't left behind. You also didn't bring the class to a screeching halt by asking the question – um, and it just right. – and it was so much faster and more efficient than trying to do a Google search for the same thing. I mean isn't this already – I see the parallel between when, when you know the first handheld calculators started to pop up in schools and everybody freaked out about it and said you can't have a calculator in class. You have to learn the math. Isn't it just another tool? 
that, I think that we're so. going to start using that's just going to become commonplace that helps us. I think us. so. Yeah. And I think if you – I mean certainly in our era of coming up in school, there were some teachers who embraced the use of the calculator and others who absolutely forbade it. Yep. And I think we're going to see the same thing and that that in itself is an interesting little social experiment. Yep. Well, since we're on the topic, we've got a little bit more uh, follow-up here. Reluctant, bro- Reluctant Bookie writes in, I decided to ask ChatGPT about the GOG podcast, and it told me that the show was very popular and ended in 2020 after eight years of episodes. I had a good laugh. <laughs> we do need those fact checkers. <laughs> hmm. So I asked, it the, I asked it the same thing, and here's what I got back. It said, the Grumpy Old Geeks podcast is a weekly podcast that focuses on technology and pop culture. The show is hosted by Jason DeFilippo and Brian Schulmeister, who are both experienced technology professionals and self-described geeks. The podcast covers a wide range of topics, including the latest tech news trends and podcasts, as well as broader cultural and societal issues related to technology. The show often features guest appearances from industry experts, authors, and other notable figures. The GOG podcast Hmm. began in 2014 and is available on various podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Which is still wrong because we published our first episode on March twenty fifth, twenty thirteen. So it may yes, it may be wrong. <laughs> it may be wrong a little bit, Jason, but it's also a better write up than you and I have ever done about our show. <laughs> oh, they're all better. Yes. Oh, absolutely. And let me just say, my favorite segment of uh, of Grumpy Old Geeks is Authors Corner, where you sit down and speak with notable authors about their books. That's that's a, one of my favorite features of the show. Well, we did yeah. used to have New York Times bestselling writer Tim Ferriss on here for three years in a row at Thanksgiving. So technically we did go. have right. that at a time, you know? Okay. I, I, I withdraw my snark. Yeah. <laughs> it does cherry pick. And yeah, I mean, again, it, it illustrates the point that this is a tool. It's not the be all end all. It may get there eventually. But it's something, you again, even at, at my job, I, I've, I've basically encouraged uh, we have people that write newsletters for their different artists. I've encouraged them, use it. Use it first to do a draft and then go in and edit it. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. I'm using it everywhere now. It's great. It's great. I'm waiting. There's a um, – uh, I think I put this in another part of the show, but I'll pull it back in here too. Uh, there is a pro version coming for $49 a month. Uh, I mm-hmm. keep checking to see if it's available to me, but it is not yet. I will give them the money right away because apparently you get – you know. Front of the line access and probably a different segment of uh, the infrastructure. So it's not down for you every time you want to need it when you need it now, which I didn't need three weeks ago because (laughs) I'd never heard of it. And now I need it every (laughs) second of every day. But but isn't that interesting how quickly we've acclimated to it, right? People that are using it like rely on it now. It's it's, it's something that we want in our lives that we need that we use. It's just it's it's. It's a very effective tool. It'd be like being a mathematician now and and writing things out long form versus using your scientific calculator. Why wouldn't you use it? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. So speaking of speaking of using it, I wanted to answer the age-old question that we've had here on the show. Hey Chat GPT, what's the difference between AI and ML? And here's what we got back. <clears throat> hmm. Wind up for this one. Artificial intelligence, or AI, and machine learning, ML, are related but distinct fields. AI is the broader concept of machines being able to carry out tasks that would normally require human intelligence, such as understanding natural language, recognizing objects and images, and making decisions. 
ML, on the other hand, is a specific method for achieving AI. It is a method of teaching computers to learn from data without being explicitly programmed. In other words, ML is a technique for achieving AI. In simple terms, AI is the concept, ML is the method to implement the AI concept. Examples of AI include self-driving cars, <clears throat> which don't fucking exist, intelligent personal assistance, and image recognition software. Examples of ML include decision tree algorithms, neural networks, and clustering algorithms. Well, thank you, ChatGPT. That was very informative. Hmm. I like it. I mean, I, the thing is, so this is a perfect example. Like, because I have... I guess above average knowledge of this, but mm -hmm. still only adjacent knowledge to this. This sounds very convincing to me. <laughs> but I'm not entirely sure it's true. That's the, right. it, it it's sounds convincing. Right. I think it's totally right. bullshit. But I don't think it's I it sounds good, but I don't think it's correct. I, I disagree with a couple different things here because we've argued about it so many times on the show, right? Mm -hmm. yep. So yeah. <laughs> That's that. Well, that is the trap of this stuff, right? Because it spits yep. out things that are so convincing. You you really have to look at it, and you have to you have to use your intelligence, your human intelligence, to figure out is it bullshit or not. Right. Yeah. Right. Yep. So, and I'm just hearing other people who have only read headlines about it who think the world is like the robots are coming for them now. It's like <laughs> they think that this is the, the, you know, this is the end. This is the end. The machines are coming for their jobs. And I'm like, so how much do you really know about this? They're like, well, I, I heard it on the radio. I'm like, well, where did they? Well, they were reading an article that they found online. <laughs> I'm like, OK, so we're by playing Chad telephone. GPD. Yeah, we're, we're playing. We're playing. Uh, yeah. Serious telephone here. And just read the articles, people. Oh, it's well, it's, I mean, it's insane for, for some for some people, this is the end of their their business. There's no doubt about that. When you. You look at BuzzFeed as basically firing a ton of writers and they're just going to use this stuff to generate crap, you know, uh, you know, just the clickbait articles. If you're writing clickbait, you're out of a job. End of story. Yeah. If you're a low-level copywriter, you're probably out of a job. But what you can do is retrain yourself to become a higher-level editor of these sorts of things. That's, that's mm -hmm. the thing. That's the shift. It's just like uh, if you coded HTML by hand 20 years ago, writing was on the wall, you're going to be out of a job. Train up. Mm -hmm. Interesting thing yeah. too is we've we've discussed uh, you and I have Dave the the Adobe Podcasts uh, AI enhance features. I have been using it quite a bit, but I tell you what, it definitely still it. I, I kind of clocked how much time it has saved me, and I thought it was going to save me a lot of time. It saves me about twenty percent of my normal time because it still needs cleanup. Huh. So you still have to mm -hmm. have that human touch go in there. And uh, re-EQ things because it definitely screws up the um, the EQ on the people's voices. So I have to take a master EQ, transpose that EQ onto the Adobe enhanced stuff. So there's still, you know, I, I ain't going away anytime soon, which is fine. But, you know, and it's saving me, saving me a little bit of time, but I'm still billing full rate. So, hey, I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Okay. It's, it's, it is a tool. It is a tool that helps, but it does not replace a human. Yeah. I did an experiment with it yesterday uh, where I was curious what it would do to the audio of a phone call. You know, so an old analog, you know, record me dialing in with a phone number, that kind of sound. What would it do with uh -huh. it? Um, and it did not do very well. I was surprised oh. how poorly it cleaned it up. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I wonder yeah. if it's because so much of the spectrum is actually missing 
from from those right. recordings, right? Like it has less it has less data and information to work with. Yep. Yeah. I think that may be it. Mm-hmm. But it was surprising to me because of how well it does with so many awful things that what I would consider to be kind of a basic thing you know, had nothing to do with like the clarity of the call. All the words are clear and you can understand everything that's being said. There wasn't a whole lot of noise in the background or anything. It's just a phone call. Yeah. But it did not turn it into the beautiful studio sounding audio that it does with so many other things. And, and but like you said, Brian, yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do me a favor, Dave. Send that to me. We're going to have an AI off. I want to see what I can do to that file. And then we'll, we'll okay. play them side by side next week. All right. Yep, you got it. Because, Brian, you hit on something that um, is really key there. There's not a lot of information in those in those phone calls and audio files. Mm-hmm. Some yeah. of my tools that I use. Big parts of the that, spectrum. Yeah, I have, I have a, a tool called Spectral Recovery that will actually mm-hmm. take those and will build up, you know, the, the missing spectrum. And it works really, really well. Well, now you've so. done it, Jason. The AI is going to listen to this podcast, realize what it's missing, <laughs> and plug itself into it. It's going to buy itself it's, a copy. Yeah, that's Yeah, it. it's going to go buy a copy of RX-10 <clears throat> Advanced and go ahead and run that. Mm-hmm. But I'm just curious to see if I, if, if I can do better. But if I can't, then, yeah. I, then that segment may go away, and this might be edited out. <laughs> then you won't be here. hearing that next week. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Oh, anyway, uh, I think we've had enough for today. <laughs> yeah, get this security crap. <laughs> There's some security crap, but who cares? Oh, wait, yeah. Dave, you got yeah, a couple. If you, tools if you want in the here security crap, listen to the CyberWire. <laughs> yeah, yeah, go to one of those shows. But uh, you, yeah. you, you actually put in a couple of handy-looking tools in here that uh, look pretty good. Yeah, I so in the past week I stumbled across a couple of I guess tools I would describe as being just front ends for some other utility projects. Um, one of them is called Mac GPT, and basically this puts Chat GPT in your menu bar. Very handy. You, I'm sure you you could make use of that, Jason. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And then the other one, same developer. It's called it's called Mac Whisper, and uh, it's using OpenAI's transcription technology, which is called Whisper. Same sort of thing. It just puts a Mac front end on Whisper, which uh, if you haven't used Whisper, it is re- remarkably good and lightning fast. Um, so I've got to start using this because, you know, one of the things that, that just drives me nuts about the Internet because I'm old and yelling at clouds is everybody has transitioned because they've been forced to or told to by social media to making video instead of just posting, instead of just typing mm-hmm. up their thoughts. I hate watching videos. I don't want the sound on on my phone. I don't want to listen to something, but if I can just quickly transcribe it and then read it, that would make me very happy. Yeah, well, this will do it, and yeah. it's super fast, so it will save you time. Excellent. And Whisper, uh, the Whisper last... is open source. You'd actually download that and install it on your computer, right? Because I was looking at the Mac Whisper uh, utility that you posted here, and it said none, nothing leaves your computer. So you actually have to mm. download and compile Whisper, I believe, right? Uh, I, no, I don't believe I did that. Um, uh, oh, no, I don't think so. It was hitting some, a... I don't think so, but I could be wrong. I, I, you know, I, I only played with it a little bit and I didn't dig that deeply into it. So you might be right, but I'm, I, I, I don't know. Okay. Cause when I was looking at it, there was a link to GitHub worth the source code. So I thought maybe that was yes. the same thing. We'll, we'll, yes. we'll dig into that because that'll save me a little bit of money because we use Otter for transcribing for most of my show stuff. And it's not yeah. great. <laughs> it's not great at all. <laughs> yeah. Whisper's uh, pretty darn good. Pretty darn good. So check it out. I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see what you think about it. 
Um, the last thing I put in here was a link to a YouTube video. Uh, I did not know that I needed a 25-minute video explaining the musical complexity of the safety dance, but here it is. <laughs> and uh, it's quite entertaining. Uh, turns out that uh, the safety dance is a more complex song than you would think it is at first blush. I guess that's not surprising in retrospect because it is such a catchy song. Like you, It's so simple and yet it sticks with you. And yep. I think we all still have great affection for it, which by me, far one of the best one hit wonders of all time. No right. Doubt about mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Right. Yep. Uh, and this video uh, breaks that down and, and describes what makes it so interesting. Uh, this person also has a, a style of presentation that's that's pretty fun. He does little cartoons while he's talking. And, and some of the little cartoons are actually funny little jokes as you listen along. So. It's entertaining. Uh, I enjoyed this video, and of course, when I was done, I was dancing around to safety dance in my little studio here. So uh, you will probably do the same. Closing shout outs. Over at Patreon, we've got Jeremy. Welcome, Jeremy. Thank you. Over at PayPal, we've got John, Andre, Tom, Joseph, Humphrey, Mark, and Charlie. Thank you all so much. Over at the tip jar, we've got Daryl, Ashley, and Nick. Woo! Thank you, everybody. Thank you. And we have a new five-star review. It says, you complete me. And this is from uh, ChattyG33K, Chatty Geek. Chatty Geek. In Australia, I just had to download Apple Music, UGG, to be able to post a review. These guys keep putting out great content. And Dave Bittner, I really like his perspective and security. Ha. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And welcome back, Brian. It's good to have you. I'm glad the poll went in our favor. (laughs) Well, I was tempted to ignore the poll just like Elon, but here I am. So happy to be back and we'll be back here next week. Yay. All right. Until next time, I'm Jason DeFilippo. And I'm Brian Schulmeister. Thanks for listening to Grumpy Old Geeks. If you enjoy the show, visit GOG.show slash donate to help us keep the lights on and we'll love you forever. You can also help us out by sharing the show with your friends and enemies. It's easy and absolutely free. Show notes for this episode are at GOG.show slash 586. From there, you can find links to everything we talked about in this episode, as well as links to our swag and Discord channel if you want to buy some stuff or chat with us and other show fans. You can also head over to gog.show slash contact and send us your feedback or questions that we can read on the air. And if you're so inclined, please head over to gog.show slash review and toss us a snarky review and preferably five stars. Stay grumpy.